Hello, welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life, recording this in the evening of Friday, May the 29th. How are you? I hope you're well. UK lockdown easing this weekend. The weather continues to be blinding, so room for optimism to a certain extent. We can meet people from outside our household officially outdoors, up to six people in total, I believe. So happy days. Podcast, once again, sponsored by Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Jason Briggs and his team, although I believe the shop not properly open the store in Montpellier and Cheltenham, very much open for inquiries and get merchandise to you. In fact, they've got headphones to me, some fine H4 headphones, which I'm very much enjoying, uh, hands-free numbers. So I appreciate that. And uh, you can contact them either through the website, numbers listed, or social media. I know they're active on Instagram and Twitter as well. Big sports fans, and I really appreciate their support on the podcast. As I do, Cytoplan, who have offered 10% discount. It's a food supplement company or supplement company, but food-based supplements. Um, and they offer 10% discount to listeners to the podcast. If you go to cytoplan.co.uk and you enter the discount code DRAPER10. Now, DRAPER, all capitals, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, the number 10. You get a 10% discount. And those supplements are, have been in part designed by my father, Dr. Mark Draper, who's a general practitioner, doctor in the UK, but also micronutritionist, very much interested in trace elements. He recommends a supplement that Cytoplan provide called Immunivite, which contains vitamin C, zinc, and selenium, boosting immunity, absorb the way that food would be into your system. In particular, his attention is around selenium in the UK because of relatively uh, deplete soils percentages on that. So uh, check out Immunivite at Cytoplan. Appreciate how you're doing that as well. Hope you are well through this crisis uh, of course now hopefully there's been an uplifting podcast for you at the moment tony bellew inspiring character this is a conversation i had with him for sky sports my day job this week been hosting some mixed martial arts conversations for sky because my day job has been slightly reduced due to my day job being a broadcaster on sky sports news 24 hour television channel in the state in the, the uk states i'm not talking about um but that's been reduced due to the coronavirus crisis so uh, I've had more time on my hands. I've been doing YouTube interviews for Sky's coverage of Bellator, mixed martial arts, uh, although Bellator, unlike the UFC, not back yet following the crisis, but they're uh, having reruns of, of Bellator classics on Saturday nights on Sky Sports. And this was an interview with Tony Bellew, and I'm very grateful to know him for a while. He's a good Good, good guy, and I really appreciate it because uh, he actually ended up forgetting about the interview, scheduled to go through Sky Sports, a video interview, like a mock TV interview, and actually he um, had gone to the cemetery to visit his late brother-in-law, which is really somber, but despite that, with all his family around, he went and sat in his car and did 30 minutes, 40 minutes for us, so really appreciate it, free of charge as well, incredible really, very generous of him to do that, and it's interesting uh, discussion around his appreciation, didn't realise he was such an aficionado of mixed martial arts. And he talks in particular about boxer Dillian White, world-level contender at heavyweight, and his potential match against the UFC heavyweight, Francis Ngannou, how that would play out either in boxing or MMA. It's fascinating to hear that insight. And also Tony talked about perhaps how he was lured maybe towards the end of his career when he went up to heavyweight after winning the Cruiserweight world title and uh, went up to heavyweight and beat David Hay in boxing. At the same time, he was having conversations with the UFC 
he wanted to have striking opponents, and that's what he says is key for boxers who go into the UFC. You need to have opponents who are hand-picked, not wrestlers, not grapplers, not jiu-jitsu specialists. So it's an interesting conversation, and he is uh, a man who's fascinating, to say the least, and he's appearing on the SAS show on Channel 4 at the moment, which is a great watch by all accounts, with Ant Middleton celebrities there going through SAS training. Anyway, I hope you enjoy it, guys. Thank you. Hello, guys. Welcome to a Sky Sports Mixed Martial Arts conversation. But do not adjust your internet because it is a former world champion boxer, Tony Bellew, joining us now. Tony, how are you doing? Great to see you. Thanks for uh, contacting me, guys. I'm okay. I'm all good. Uh, been doing bits of training and cracking on. Uh, I've just come to see my brother. Uh, and that's it, mate. I'm out at the cemetery at the moment, just getting things in order and fixing some stuff up. So a nice day. Uh, and my little boy riding his bike around the uh, place with me, so he's happy. Good. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to, to speak to us, obviously, at the moment, particularly on your, on your day out. But give us a, give us a quick insight into your, your interest in mixed martial arts. I know you did a bit of kickboxing as a kid. Have you, hmm. have you followed mixed martial arts a lot during the, your boxing career? Yes, I've followed it for a long, long time. I first started paying proper attention to it in the market. It was called the Smashing Machine Days. Uh, and, and I loved it from there, mate. I really did. I remember seeing a documentary uh, many years ago on him and, and his ups and downs and his fight with depression and his fight with drugs and alcohol and steroid abuse, all them things. And then I thought, I'll give this a watch. And then before the new, I, I was watching proper fights, the likes of Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, you know, your Ken Shamrock days. I was watching all of them and I, I was just fascinated with it, to be honest. It, it's the rawest form of fighting in the world. And there's so many disciplines to, to master that they're trying to, to be better at. And uh, I just loved it. I say I fell in love with it from the minute I watched it. Yeah, you were talking a couple of years ago about getting into it. Obviously, you retired from boxing. Are you still interested in it at all? What, should, what happened there and, and what's your take on it? Uh, I, 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 think, I think I'd love to actually give it a go and see how it went. But, you know, could I do it at my age? Probably not now, no. Uh, do I believe I could? Absolutely, yes. I definitely think I can do it. But uh, for the time waits for no one, Ed. And, you know, you've just got to sometimes <laughs> let it go. But I would love nothing more than to get in the cage and have a rumble, mate. I really would. Uh, I got sent a video by yourself off Sky uh, today and I, I'd never seen Dillian White in a cage. And i seen mm. Dillian White. I think it lasted about 12 seconds and he looked absolutely ferocious. Uh, so he's shown what it's all about in the cage. I mean, anybody who wants to stand up and have a boxing match with us in a cage, you're just going to lose instantly. It's, it's going to end really quickly. But uh, the thing that you'd like to see is how would it go if, you know, it's the wrestling took place or, or some jiu-jitsu was in place or things like that, then that's where the, I would think the boxers would be found out pretty swiftly. But uh, it's fascinating, mate, it really is. As I say, so many disciplines on show, uh, so many things to master. And it's just amazing to watch. Yeah, people are saying the intrigue around the, the Dillian White, Francis Ngannou thing is that they could meet in either mm. discipline and it would be almost a 50-50 fight in either or it would be intriguing in both because of the style of Ngannou, mm. the, the way that he goes about his MMA career. What do, what do you make of that potential match? I think it's a, it's a great match-up. Uh, Ngannou's not a, not a very good wrestler. He doesn't love to go to the ground much. He wants to straight up have a fight with his fists. So... I think that would be the ideal match for someone like Dillian. However, Dillian's on another level with his punches. I mean, if, if Ngarni thinks he hits hard, believe you me, if Dillian hits anyone with four arms gloves on, they're just going to go asleep straight away. 
don't get me wrong, there's a flip side to that coin. If Nganu catches Dillian first, Dillian's going to go out like I like to. So it would literally be whoever lands first. And that's how, where, that's how explosive that fight would be. Where would you like to see it? What code? Or could you see one in MMA and one in boxing, like a kind of double header? No, it, it, it could never happen in a boxing ring. Francis Ngannou stands absolutely zero chance in a boxing ring. It, it, it's a completely different sport with a completely different set of rules, a totally different technique. Boxing is so different to MMA uh, it really, really is. And Francis Ngannou does not stand a single hope in a boxing mm. ring whatsoever yeah uh, in a cage in a cage i'd probably make it 60 40 in Ngannou's favor purely and only because he's got the experience uh with them small gloves on that would be the only reason i would give him that slight advantage but you know as i said before dillian is such a competent fighter and is also a massively improved fighter than what we've seen he's not 18 years old anymore swinging for the lights like he was in that cage in that cage fight that i've seen he is now an established, you know, ready to be world champion of his own. And, you know, I think, you know, he's come on so much. You know, he's probably the most improved heavyweight in world boxing. I would go as far as saying that Dillian White, since his loss to AJ, he's took on anyone and everyone and he's rebounded fantastically, really. Has. So it's someone I'd like to see. It's someone who massively deserves a shot. Uh, and someone I enjoy watching. As I say, he reminds me of old school fighters because he fights anyone, anywhere, anytime. And he just doesn't care. And, and I believe he'd go on a cage and do the exact same. But as I say, you, you, you're on a hide to nothing if you fight any fighter who's pretty good on the floor and you're and you're good at stand-up. You know, I've seen it before many a time. Uh, you're on a hide to nothing, mate. If you face any guy who wants to just, who wants to go to the ground, you've had it, basically. Yeah, we saw that in James Tony, didn't we? Three weight world champion. I know he was, oh, he was getting on a bit when he fought Randy Couture, but that didn't didn't last too long. It was uh, a, it was submission. Uh, how uh, how could you could, yeah. how could you get around that? Could you train for that at all? Is it if you not got yeah, that time? Yeah, to... that, it, it was a setup straight from the get go. Where I mean, he had absolutely no chance against Randy Couture. Randy Couture is a great A wrestler. His ground and pound skills are absolutely fantastic. You know, we've seen him take down the best of the very best in the UFC. Uh, as I say, so. Yeah, and James Tony's a boxer and a slow-footed, heavy-legged boxer at, the, at his best as well. So he had absolutely no chance against someone like Randy Couture. If you maybe would have put him up against, you can't even say the guys who, who are who are heavy-handed in the UFC because even them guys are dangerous. You know, the likes of someone like Rampage Jackson is renowned for his heavy hitting, but Rampage Jackson also ground and pound game was fantastic in his wrestling game. He would pick it up and slam it on the floor. You know, he has a highlight reel of picking guys up and slamming them on the back of the head. He really does, and he's amazing at it. So, I don't know how it would go uh, and how you can defend it. I mean, I've wrestled as a youngster. Uh, I wrestled throughout all of my professional career, to be honest. I always done ball wrestling. I always done some form of wrestling for inside grappling and stuff like that when you're boxing. So, I can grapple and I can wrestle, and I'm pretty competent at them things. But I'm nowhere near at a level where I can compete with a guy in the UFC. I mean... If if someone was to try and have a roll round with me, they'd tell me a nuts. But but at the <laughs> same time, if anyone wanted to have a stand up with me, you know, I, I would punch the face in. So it is yeah. the same. It swings in on the bouts, and it's it, it's fascinating to watch. So it's a takedown defense that's the key, isn't it? Dillian White's talked about that. I think that if you can if yes. you can thwart the thwart the shoot when they shoot on you, that you can then mm. you can go from there if you're if you're a striker in the MMA cage. Mm. It's called a sprawl, and you'd have to sprawl out. You know, you have to be effective at getting up and down quickly. Uh, as I say, I've done it 
for, for a number of years. I can do sprawls and I can get you up and down quick. But as I say, when you're in there with the big boys and like really good wrestlers, you've absolutely had it, mate. You really have. Mm. So it's all well and good training, but there is so many different techniques. This is why I love watching it so much. You know, the likes of John Jones, he's mastered every discipline. He's a brilliant wrestler. He's fantastic with the jiu-jitsu. His striking's pretty good. You know, everything about John Jones is he, he's probably the premier, you know, fighter in the world when it comes to UFC because he's mastered all the arts. Conor McGregor is a completely different story. Conor McGregor is, yeah. is an amazing striker. His timing is absolutely pimp, you know, pinpoint perfect. So they all come with different things. The thing with Conor McGregor is he crosses over and he crosses over to the general, you know, the general man and woman on the street because of his, yeah. you know, braggadocious ways and the way he carries himself and the way he forms himself. I'm his biggest fan, you know, do not knock it. I absolutely love him. I think Conor McGregor is a breath of fresh air and he's fantastic, a true pioneer of the sport. But he comes with a certain set of skills and he has his weaknesses, you know, his weakness is on the floor. Uh, with someone like a John Jones, he doesn't have any weaknesses that I've seen. Uh, mm. I've seen him probably in the greatest fight UFC's ever seen against Alexander Gustafsson, uh, and he was just fantastic. So even even a, even in a, an absolute fifty fifty fight where he goes all the way, he was still brilliant, mate. Uh, and I just I don't know how you would beat someone like John Jones if you're in the UFC. Yeah, it's talk of Engano meeting John Jones, isn't there? At some point, there's been a negotiation. Yeah. What would you make of of that prospect if you know, obviously if Jones went up? Uh, yeah, it's it's. It's interesting, but I just don't. I, I don't think John Jones would be stupid enough to stand with Ngannou. So he would just basically. Mm. It would not surprise me. I've seen Anderson Silva do it many times. I've seen the likes of. Uh, there's a, a fantastic light every week, but uh, Damian Meyer. Uh, I've seen you know so many fights over the years who are fantastic jujitsu guys, and the, I'm not, I've seen it happen. They get on the start of the fight goes the first bell goes and they lie on the back. And he won't get up, and they say, "Come to me." And they, you know, it's like, "Come to my world." If John Jones lies on his back and says to Ngannou, "Come and get me," Ngannou's had it, mate. He will tie him yeah. in knots. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and also, John Jones got very, very good with his legs. You know, so yeah. I say Ngannou has a puncher's chance <clears throat> against absolutely anybody. But do, would I fancy him against John Jones? Absolutely not. No. No, it's, I think it's a pay negotiation there as well. When you talk about when you talk about MMA, you, you mentioned with Michael Bisping, what happened there with that potential fight? Was that close? Yeah, yeah no, we, we spoke and I, I, I met with guys in I have IMG who own uh, the UFC now, both of the Ferita brothers. Uh, I seen them in Las Vegas, spoke a couple of words with them and it was quite apparent that it was never going to happen because I wasn't going to get what I wanted to take the risk I was willing to take. Uh, and, and, and I think Mike I think Mike wanted to do it actually in a boxing ring, which I said there's just no point at all because it would be a massacre. But, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Michael Bisping, mate. You know, if Michael yeah. Bisping gets me on the, in the cage, I have absolutely had it. But if I can clip <laughs> Michael Bisping before he gets me on the floor, he's absolutely had it also. But he, he's, a, he's a legend. You know, he's the greatest mixed martial artist that's ever come out of the UK. Uh, as I said, I'm a massive fan of his. I had him on mine and Eddie's show. Uh, talk the talk, and he was brilliant. He really was so charismatic. Uh, he, he paved the way for so many UFC fighters, you know, from the UK today. He really did. He opened the market, he opened the doors, and he showed them the way. And, and he will go down, probably in my eyes, as the greatest, you know, mixed martial artist that, that's come from these shows. Uh, you know, we have another amazing fighter in Darren Till from Liverpool, uh, mm. who's, who's hot on his tail. 
but you know there's a fair way to go yet and Darren's only a baby in the MMA world so there are so many exciting guys in, in and around the UFC that the fights are always fantastic because there's only one body that's in control of everything one man who, who, who dictates everything and that's the, you know, the amazing businessman that is Dana White uh, as I say when, when one man's in control and running the show it makes it so much easier to make the big fights happen it's not like boxing where all these different promoters have got all these different agendas and they've all got channels that they need to you know to, to provide with great fights and do different things and mandatory you know, when the UFC want to make a fight happen it's it's really simple. Dana White picks up the phone. He makes an offer to one fighter. He picks up the phone again and makes the offer to the other fighter. When when yeah, someone like Tyson Fury, when someone like sorry, when someone like Tyson Fury and AJ want to come together, it's probably going to have to go between about five or six men, and mm. each of them five or six men has got a different agenda and has got a different way they wanted the business, and they also all want a cut of the pie. And that's why it's so hard in boxing and that that's what the disappointing thing is in the UFC. It is so clear cut and it's who's in control, who wants what, who's getting what. Everything's so clear cut and, and you know, that's massive respect and props to Dana White because he's created an absolute ferocious machine in the UFC. Mm. Tony, there is there is obviously two separate sports with MMA. MMA is probably several sports within a sport. But with boxing, there's been some talk that potentially uh, Bellator could combine with Showtime for, for cross-promotional shows where you've got one boxing match, then a, then a match in MMA. What, what do you see about that? Would that be potentially interesting, do you think, to fans to, to bring them two together? Would both, both strengthen? I've heard that all these kind of things happen before, but it's never come to fruition. Uh, I, I think that the sports are two completely different fan bases. You know, I don't think... But the people who turn up at a UFC event are not the same people that turn up at a boxing event. I, and I've been to both now, so I've learned that uh, the whole atmosphere and the vibe of the UFC event, it's more, it reminds me more of a WWE, because I've been to watch that as well, so it doesn't give it a knock on the fighters at all, because the people watching are the genuine fans, uh, and they know everything about the sport, they know it inside and out, and they follow it all around the world, but as I say, when it comes to boxing, it's a lot more, it's about the crowd, you know, things... The, the songs that come on the Neil Diamond, Sweet Caroline, all the, you know, the boxing is a, is a whole different animal. And what Eddie Aaron and his father have created with the boxing is absolutely, you know, it's mainstream now in the UK. We don't go to leisure centres no more, Ed, and fill out 900 people. Mm. We now go to stadiums like Wembley and put 90,000 in there. We go to the Millennium Stadium and put 80,000 in there. You know, I fought at Goodison Park. This was never possible five years or 10 years ago. But, you know, 10 years ago, sorry, but it is possible now and it happens on a regular basis. So, as I say, the fan bases are different, but they go alongside each other for me. Could the two of them be put on the same event? I don't know. I think it would be very, very strange. You know, it mm. would be like having one football match and then one rugby match after it. Would the fans want to see both? I don't think they would. You know, just because they both played with the ball, it doesn't mean they're anything like each other or they're even the same fan base. So... Yeah, I think that's how we see the UFC fan base and the, and the boxing fan base. I want to talk to you about women in, in boxing and, and MMA quickly, Tony, and how you contrast it. Because Heather Hardy won a welterweight title in boxing, but she's obviously gone in, now to Bellator. A couple of wins, a couple of losses. She said she was, had to go to MMA because of the money involved is, is more than it's, it's fairer between mm. men and women. Do you see that? The, the boxing can perhaps learn from MMA that it's a big market for female combat sports. Mm. I think the females are paid handsomely anyway. I mean, the likes of 
uh, of Katie Taylor, I'm sure, are paid very handsomely. You know, she's a multiple weight world champion, an undisputed unified world champion. Katie Taylor ends in, well. So, uh, mm. I don't know how much to do in boxing, but, you know, they're, they're earning enough to be comfortable. Uh, and as I said, I say I don't know the ins and outs of it, and I don't know what the UFC women are being paid either. So, I don't know. What I do know is, is you know, the highest earner that there's ever been in a boxing ring it is probably worth 100 times more than the highest earning UFC fighters been. So, you know, I mean, let's just look at Floyd Mayweather. He's probably close mm-hmm. to being a billionaire now. I mean, uh, who would you say the, 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 the power man is in UFC, like Floyd Mayweather, I'd say Conor McGregor in the UFC. Uh, if you were to look at the networks and what they generate and what they are, uh, Floyd Mayweather is just a, a genius and a freak. And, and mm-hmm. as I said, the, the powers that be in the UFC do not never allow you to become bigger than the UFC, if that makes sense. In mm. boxing, you have fighters who transcend the sport. They become bigger than boxing. Floyd Mayweather became bigger than boxing. He was a household name. Mike Tyson became one of the faces of, of the whole glo- of the world. Muhammad Ali is the most recognisable face that's ever lived, in my opinion. Mm. So, and I think it's gone down a few times. That's been said before. So boxing it transcends in a different way and as i say because it's governed by so many different people and so many different organizations no one can get full control of it in the ufc you can never go past a certain level because dana white won't allow that it it can't Mm. happen you know it's his platform it's his baby it's his show and and he will address it and how he sees fit and he has the right to do that because he created the ufc he's the man who made it happen so I say when you're thinking about fighters that can make it, you know, huge numbers and massive money, Conor McGregor's shown yes he can, but understand this: he had to come over to boxing to make that biggest payday of his whole career. That didn't mm. happen you in the case that happened in the boxing ring. You mentioned the, May- the Mayweather McGregor. When you go back to women's boxing, do you foresee something happening to cross promotional? Chris Cyborg has expressed an interest in boxing. Could she fight Katie yeah. Taylor? I think there might be a few pounds weight difference. Could you see? Something like that that happening in in women's boxing. It's it's interesting. It's intriguing. I'm not sure Casey Taylor would wanna would wanna take it up on that. But you just I don't know, mate. It's it's something that there's something in it for everyone. Uh, let's see how it goes. As I said before, two totally different fan bases, two totally different mm. fighters. Uh, cyborgs and animals, you know, she's strong as anything and she really can fight. But you, you put, as I said before, you put any UFC fighter in a boxing ring with a, with a high-level fighter, you wouldn't even have to be a world champion most of the time, Ed, and it's going to be easy pickings for us. It really is. <laughs> it's a mismatch. In the cage, uh, we, have, we, we have a big chance because the fight starts on our feet. And, and, you know, the hand contact is usually the first point of entry when you start getting into it, into a mixed martial arts fight, unless you're thrown in with a wrestler and he just runs at you and picks you off your feet and you're finished. But, you know, if I was going to make an appearance in a, in a cage, I would want to fight a straight stand-up guy, someone like a Francis Ngarni, someone who's not interested in going on the floor and going in with someone like him, I've got every chance that there is to knock mm. him out before he knocks me out without a shadow of a doubt. It's one of the big differences there, Tony, the concept of boxing. Obviously, if the opponent gets knocked to the ground, you kind of have to step back. Whereas MMA, what's the psychological impulse there? Do you have to kind of follow the guy to the ground and, and you can continue work? Would, would, that be, would that be difficult? Or do you think someone like Dillian would embrace that? Uh, listen, it's a fight. It's a fight and you get rid of your guys fast. You can. I mean, I've, I've hit guys before. If you watch me at Goodison Park when I'm doing the WBC world title, I hit a Lunga Macabre so hard. He was asleep before he hit the floor, but believe you me, I gave him two more when he was on his way down. 
because you've got to make sure they stay down. Uh, and it'd be, I, I would assume it's no different when you get in the cage. You nail them once, they go down, you, you, you go again, you finish them. And that's the art of fighting. You know, that's the way, that's what it takes. That's what you need to be. You need to be an animal in there. Uh, I'm pretty sure them guys would activate that pretty quickly and they would have no problem, you know, you know, finishing guys off. Tony, really appreciate your time. Just a, a couple of quick ones. There was a, a young Bellator featherweight called AJ McKee. So that's, I guess, 145 pounds. So it's not far off boxing welterweight. He's called out Mayweather. And then we've had Conor McGregor having a, having a spat with Oscar De La Hoya. What do you make of those two potential matchups? For, for the young Bellator fighter, that's, that's uh, I guess, too good to be true, isn't it? A date with Mayweather. I'm not sure what yeah. Mayweather would have to gain. Yeah, Mayweather would never go near the cage. He's a he's a stupid businessman, mate. He's not stupid. You know, if someone kicks Lloyd Mayweather in the thigh, uh, believe you me, mate, he's gonna know all about <laughs> pain pretty quickly. Uh, so I don't think we'll see Floyd Mayweather in, in a cage. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya against Conor McGregor. I'm not gonna lie, mate. When it comes to the boxing levels, Oscar De La Hoya's being at and was, it would still be too much in my opinion for Conor McGregor. And I'm the biggest Conor McGregor fan there is. Really, Del is a legend, and even at at the age he's at now, even as soft as he will have gone, give Conor McGregor, give Floyd, give Oscar De La Hoya two, three months in boxing camp, and believe you me, mate, you would soon see what he's capable of. You really, really would. There would be, you know, he'll still have that that animal inside him, Uh, Mm. and and tell you, me, Conor McGregor wouldn't be the one who wants to wake it now. If Oscar Bell, who's willing to get in the cage with Conor McGregor, it will be over in about 20 seconds. And, really? And the only, reason, the only reason it would last 20 seconds is because Conor McGregor will probably be laughing at him for the first 10 seconds. So that is the only reason it would last 20 seconds. So Conor McGregor is vicious in a cage, but you know he's not a boxer. And it's unfair to put him in, in the boxing realm and expect him to fight world-class fighters. You know, no boxer is going to go into the cage and be expected to face a UFC champion unless that UFC champion is purely a stand-up punching guy like a Francis Ngannou. That is the only mm. chance you have. That's the only way if a fighter is willing to stand on his feet and have a boxing match with you in a cage. And even then, I still make them the slight favourite because they're used to the smaller gloves. They're used to the, you know, the, the cage, fighting your bare feet. There are so many things to take into consideration when doing that. So these guys are used to it. The professionals, the brilliant. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of it all, mate. So you picked Dillian White in the boxing ring and Ingarno in the, in, the, in the cage, you think? Just about. Or maybe <clears> give Dillian a chance. <throat> No, I give Dillian every chance in a cage. I, I mean, it's easy pickings in a boxing match. It, it's really, it's it's easy. It's a one-sided down and beaten. In a cage, I'm making Garney favourite, yes. But, I, it, you know, I, I give Dillian the greatest chance of any other boxer going in a cage and winning. I would I would make Ngarni 60-40 favourite. Okay. So that, um, that's totally the chance qu- I would... Before, before you go... Uh, we, you shared something on social media, and I've been watching little bits of the SAS program, and it was obviously a meaningful thing for you. But you've—it's not discipline you learned through that, because you've had that through your career as a boxer. What, what was that experience like for you in terms of your development? Because it clearly moved you, mate. Uh, it did, mate. It was very, very hard. Uh, I just addressed certain issues in my life that were going on, uh, and I don't really talk out about my personal life in public. And you know, it's just. I done it on that show. Uh, and Milton was brilliant for me. He was a breath of fresh air. Uh, I addressed some really hard points and times in my life that I've gone through. Uh, and as I said, I don't share my personal life on in the social media or, or in in the public eye. 
Uh, I, I try to hide away and I don't really speak to people. Uh, I don't trust people much. Uh, yeah. But that made me address certain issues. So I'm very thankful for the show. It was brilliant. Uh, parts of it I enjoyed. Parts of it I absolutely hated. Uh, and it was just inspiring. Some of the people I met, it was, it was unbelievable. Leon Locksmith, uh, Lauren Stedman inspired me from the minute I met them. He really, really did. Loads of people done great on the show. Helen Skelton, Nikki Sanderson, Yasmin Evans, Brendan. There was so many. You know, Anthea Tenner was fantastic. She done brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, them people, you know, were really, really good. But, you know, it was just an unbelievable experience, mate. It really was. I can't put it into words. Uh, I've got a friend and a brother for life in Lockie. Uh, mm-hmm. The things he went through, the things he showed, the things he spoke about. I never thought it'd be possible to get so close to someone in eight days of knowing them when I never met them before that, and I did. Uh, it just made me realise so many things, you know, and men should open up and talk to other people when they are feeling down. When things aren't going right, talk to somebody. Don't don't quell it up and and, and let it get too mm. much for you. Uh, I found someone that I could speak to uh, on a level like Ham Middleton. And, he, you know, as he said before, and he's gone record saying he sees himself so much in me, uh, it, it was, I'd say it was hard for me to do because I don't speak to people and I don't really you know, have many friends in the world so uh, it was brilliant mate I'd say great experience one I don't plan on ever doing again <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it and it was fantastic well it's great mate it's inspiring you've inspired us throughout and, and that programme seems inspiring as well quick quick thought on the mental health note as well because we're covering on Bellator hopefully uh, Fedor the great Fedor Emelianenko's farewell tour oh, um, with with that in mind, but he's in his 40s now. He's going to be thinking about retiring. A lot of fighters, be MMA or be boxers, go through that process. You've been through that in the past couple of years. Any advice for people in ter- in terms of changing your identity away from being a fighter into a regular civilian? It's tougher. I'm not going to lie. You've got to have an exit strategy, and you've got to have things in place. Uh, it was very very hard for me, but I learned to deal with it pretty quickly. Uh, and you just, you know, the, my, my key to how I've moved on in life is to get things done and, and find things to focus on. Uh, I'm just trying each and every day now to find things that I like to challenge myself. I've always been a winner. I want to do different things. I want to, I want to be winning all the time. So if it means going on a golf course and practicing all the time, I'll do it. I'm still crap, by the way. I, you know, I can't <laughs> half it more. It's going. Uh, but there's other things in life. You know, I spend more time with homie family now. I appreciate them a lot more than, than I used to when I was fighting because boxing always came first. Uh, just find things to focus on. I say my exit strategy was property, but but that doesn't take up and give you the same kind of buzz that fighting did. Nothing is going to, and you have to understand that when you walk away from the fight business, nothing's going to be the same as it was before. You know, the buzz isn't going to be the same. But find thing, things that can make you happy, that make you tick. As I said, for me, spending time with family, bit of golf here and there, fussy with the lads. You know, I'm one of the boys again. I'm not after being monk locked away in a travelling express with just me and my microwave and and, uh, and me tape to wrap my hands. So <laughs> times move on, but it's uh, it's just you just have to be ready and prepared, mate. Have your exit strategy in place before you're ready to say goodbye to your you know your, your chosen profession, and, and that's the yeah. best advice I could give, mate. It's great advice, Tony. Um, before you go, Everton coming back to the Premier League, you, what do you make of that behind closed doors? You, you up for the football to come back and Liverpool to, <laughs> to se- celebrate socially distancing if they win the title, when they win the title? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
could they? I just want to see football back, mate. They deserve to win the league, so give them it. Uh, but give them it now, please, so I don't have to watch the parade. Uh, that would be <laughs> my only thing I would say. Uh, make them champions. They fully deserve it. Uh, you know, they're the best team in world football at the minute. And uh, let Pep Guardiola try and bring us back fighting and let King Carlo Ancelotti bring Everton back to the heights that we deserve to be at. Uh, we have been the most patient fan base in the whole world. It is now our time to start climbing up that mountain again and look, look, look to get to the pinnacle where we once was. Good stuff. Well, Tony, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Tony Bellew, uh, the former world champion boxer. Really appreciate your time as well, speaking to us uh, from the cemetery on a, a family day out. Thank you for watching, guys, this uh, MMA chat for Sky Sports. And remember, Bellator MMA Recharge every Saturday night, 10 o'clock. We will speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Ah, good man, Tony Bellew. Slightly surreal there, um, visiting the cemetery to see the grave of his uh, deceased brother-in-law who died a couple of years ago, which was a big impact, I know, on Tony at the time and almost brought his boxing career to an early halt. But it was a slightly surreal conversation there, but really appreciated talking at that time in his car. Videos up on Sky Sports YouTube pages, talking particularly about Dillian White, Francis Ngannou, um, permutations, which was fascinating. Two big, hard-hitting heavyweights, one's a boxer, one's a mixed martial artist. But with Dillian's experience of MMA and Francis Ngannou's uh, penchant for punching, potential to meet up either in uh, MMA or boxing. I hope you enjoyed that with Tony. Let me know if you did. Um, if, you, if you enjoy these conversations taken from my work at Sky Sports or you prefer the regular podcast style, let me know. Ed Draper 81 on Twitter head underscore Draper81 on Instagram. And I'd love it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes. Really appreciate it. It's got a good rating. And I know I've got to work on a few audio issues and develop it somewhat. It's been a labor of love this for the past couple of years. But I do find it enjoyable to have these conversations and appreciate the support of the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham, and indeed the support of Cytoplan as well, the supplement company, which we've used for two decades, food-based supplements, to boost our immunity under the uh, instruction of my dad, Dr. Mark Draper. Anyway, I hope you all hope you have a great weekend. The weather's fantastic. And we hope that your health is good, physical, mental, and you're getting back to work potentially and things are starting to move safely, uh, trying to keep the coronavirus in check as well at the same time. Anyway, guys, uh, have a great week. Thank you very much for listening.